Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What do you got for me? What's wrong with you people? I got nothing for you. What's, what's, what's wrong with you? What's going on, everyone, and welcome to the Reformatory, the podcast for the local church and by the local church. And we are your local churchmen. My name is Josh, and I'm here as always with my co-host in crime, my co-star, who is a star unto himself. Let's be honest, Captain Jack. Captain, how are you today, my friend? <laughs> a star. I for some reason I'm having flashbacks to a Star Is Born, but that was. That's a not Star is born. Oh, so, is that the is that the the Lady Gaga one? They're the Bradley was, Cooper one. It was the remix to the remix to the remix. Yeah, it's one of those movies so, that's been remade like every 20 years, right? Yeah, I mean, first you had uh Judy Garland make the original oh, version okay. of it and then yep. you had Barbara Streisand and Chris Christopherson. That's right. Yeah. Actually, Elvis Presley was supposed to be in that movie. It wasn't supposed, was supposed to be Chris Christopherson, yeah. Okay. And then okay. now you have the Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga remix, so. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, movie is uh yeah. that's dark the the recent one's pretty dark. The recent one well, is yeah, pretty it's dark. It's such a dis- so. it's such it's such a depressing story and like I don't know if it's based yeah. on a true story or if it's like one of those like famous made up thing. It's just yeah, it's it's just I I I I'm kind of jack like I don't like there's enough around me. That like is trying to get me to be depressed, you know. I don't watching need my a movie, movies to be depressing. Watching, yeah, watching a movie about a like drugged out guy who ends up succumbing to his addiction, like yeah. just you know, I'm just not. It just doesn't do it for me. You know what I'm saying? Uh, just yeah, just it just doesn't. I'm sorry, but you know that's just me. That's just me. How are you, dude? You doing good? Um, fielding off the. The dro- I wouldn't say the droves of people, but some people mm. that were uh, hating on me for my Hebrews yeah. comment. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. It's because you wrong. <laughs> uh, Jack, a no, last step, he's like, oh, I think I got, it's Apollos. I got, and just like, oh my gosh, dude. I got some, I got some people, I got some you got people some on my peeps. team. They're just lurking <laughs> in the shadows. 
and that's where they're going to stay. They embrace the darkness. Lest their, lest their <laughs> deeds be brought to the light. <laughs> uh. Yeah, no, it's all in good fun. It's all in good fun, dude. Uh, yeah, man. Dude, I am in the throes of trying to find a, a vehicle. Trying to find a vehicle. Yeah. I finally got a payout was, for my yep. car. I was with and Josh. I was mm-hmm. rejoicing with Josh when he found out he got his payout. So I we were both praising the Lord and smoking yep. cigars at the same time. <laughs> as as you do. As, as you, you should. Do. As mm-hmm. you should. So yep. yeah. It was, so yeah. It was finally got the payout. Now I have to find a vehicle, which if anybody anybody has even glanced at the vehicle market these days, they know the pain that I'm feeling. So and even just the used vehicle market too. Oh yeah, is like ridiculous. It's not fun. I don't like no. it. No. Yeah, I'm not enjoying myself no. right now. But something will come through. We'll figure it out. But uh, yeah, you just kind of have to resign the fact that you're just you know you're gonna get shanked basically financially if you want a yeah. vehicle these days. That's just what's gonna end up happening. Yeah. But Jack, um, before we hop into our topic today, mm-hmm. why don't you give us, as always, the Reformatory Cigar of the Week. What do you have for us today, my friend? Okay, so Josh and I were at the lounge, mm-hmm. and we I started looking around, and I'm just like, all right, what have I not smoked in this place? <laughs> That's somewhat decent. So we, I was looking around, and you know, some of the packaging started to catch my eye. I was looking at price points. Looking at everything, and I'm just like, hmm, okay. So there is a cigar brown called, if you want to be fancy, you can call mm. it Cra. Yes, or like Crux, like, if you like will. Lacroix. 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 Or Cra. Cra. Yeah. Or, or Crux. Uh, yeah. Crux. Yeah. Um, but Crux. I would just say Crux. Um, yeah. So there's. Of what the tobacconist told me, he said this brand is going to be the up and comer. Um, apparently, um, it was founded. This brand was founded by a guy named Jeff Hagen, and this guy has a pretty impressive track record. It includes number one cigar of the year in 2016, number two cigar of the year in 2018, uh, four consecutive top ten cigars. So he has some some backing to him. Yeah. Um, And so he made this brand. He made this brand called Crux. And the cigar that I smoked is called the um, Epicure Robusto. And I believe Josh has a sample for those of you who are so blessed by our YouTube. Uh, It has that teal looking band right there. Um, It is a Maduro. This is the interesting thing. Uh, I finally looked at the blend. And so initial impressions of this thing, Mm -hmm. I lit this thing and it tasted very floral to me. Mm -hmm. It is supposed to be very earthy apparently, but it tasted very floral to me off the bat. But the wrapper is San Andreas Maduro. Very interesting. Uh, Binder filler Nicaraguan. No Mm -hmm. No change there. I mean, no. we pretty much smoke. I wouldn't say exclusively. Not but exclusive. We smoke, not exclusive. But we it's smoke. It's not as exclusive as our Patreon, where we get exclusive <laughs> content. We every usually, week. I usually have been smoking like a combination of Nicaraguan Dominican lately. So, yeah. in any case, um, 
It is made by the AJ Fernandez factory, actually. So it is made in AJ's factory. Um, and it's supposed to have like earthy tones, cocoa tones, um, dried fruit tones. Maybe I was getting a lot of the dried fruit that I mist- mistaked for floral or something. Hmm. But it, either one, it just yeah. came at me like pretty floral. Well, but you did smoke it after a massive hit on your vape. <laughs> <laughs> this is not true, people. Not true. This is not true in the lightest. In Jack the, doesn't vape. The... He's not. He's not that kind of veteran. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my god! That's another the story. All the there's, heat today, baby. There's so okay on deployment. So many guys they were yeah. trying to get off smoking, going to vaping. And some oh, guys sure. were vaping two vapes at the same time one time just to wow. try and quit smoking. Oh, knuckleheads. Jeez. Anyway, so, um, man, I thought this was a really good cigar. Really great yeah, burn. You liked it. Um, yeah, I really liked it a lot. Um, especially this Maduro. This Maduro tastes, I don't know, I might have to go back to it and taste it again just to see if that certain particular cigar was a, a standout into okay. the different tasting notes. Burn was really good. Smoke out put, put was really good. Tasting notes were really on point. Like I said, I tasted floral. I could have mistaken that, but it started to earthy out and cocoa out there in the yeah. second, third. Um, price right. point is right around, I would say anywhere between 10 to $12, somewhere yeah. around there, MSRP. So really Mid-range. Good. It's yes. a good price point mid-range cigar. Uh, I have yet to try it because I wanted I wanted a uh, I wanted something to show YouTube, but as the crux the the crow the however you want to say it the, the epicure <laughs> the cra it is the lacra right uh, that is the reformatory cigar of the week go and smoke to the glory of God. All right, Jack, here we go. We're back yes. at it. Back in yes. the saddle again. Um, we got a fun topic today, a good topic, an encouraging topic. I think there's been mm-hmm. so much there's so much downer, dude. There's so much there's so much like like <laughs> yeah. angst out there these days. Mm, there's so much frustration. Yeah. There's so much people just being weird and stupid. It's time. <laughs> it's time to encourage some people, right? Because that's what we need. Jack, this this episode, this episode's about love. This is the love episode. You gonna all go right. get all Barry White on me all right now? Barry or White, Ooh. <laughs> the love episode. Um, but seriously, we want to talk about love on this episode. And I think for a lot of people, it can just be like, well, yeah, of course. Like, yes, we're supposed to love each other. Like that's what we're supposed to do, right? Uh, and for some people, it can be seen as an obvious thing. But I think, especially in the culture that we live today, uh, we don't see. I would say a correct outflow, a correct ap- application of the love that we are supposed to have for each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, especially brothers and sisters in Christ that are members of the same local church. So yeah. y'all forgotten, this is the podcast for the local church and by yeah. the local church. All right. So, Jack, would you say, my friend, that... Mm. When it comes to your local church, 
that you have a genuine love for the people that are there? Do you feel do you feel affection for them, or would you say that the feelings you have toward your brothers and sisters in Christ at your church is more of a mm, more of an acquaintanceship, if you will? Which I don't even know if that's a word. Yeah, I just made it up. Um, it was quite interesting because I think that most of us have this struggle with how we view people in our local church. Are they supposed to be mm. acquaintances? Um, there was a men's retreat that I actually went on with all the men in my local church, at least a majority. I don't know about a majority, but there was, it was a good sizable number. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, one of our former elders who moved to Colorado to do more ministry work there. And he's from there. Um, he was speaking on this topic of, um, friendship, not only friendship within the body of the local church, but how you view God. And he brought up this good topic in the fact that out of Jesus's love for us, he calls us friends. Mm. And out of that love, we should probably also have this friendship dynamic in not only how we love God to a certain aspect, that doesn't mean that friendship is everything in your relationship with God. You should have some reverence and everything along those lines. Yeah, of course. course. But um, Jesus shows us as the second member of the Trinity how God loves us as friends Mm. and how we should love others in this dynamic as well as friends, as not as acquaintances so much, but as this familiar dynamic of friendship. Um, And I do believe sometimes, I think that we're trying to work towards that in our local church, um, we are now doing these Sundays. It's like four different Sundays to basically build more friendships within um, within men to basically have them do something. So like, for example, after the second service that we have for, I think, four or five weeks, we are doing this like class to smoke meat. And it's really nice, there. Dude. Yeah. That's so awesome. It's, it's really there to... Uh, to build friendship. Like, yeah, foster fellowship and friendship. With, foster with fellowship, but also foster yeah. a time in which you can actually bring men in yeah. who don't know Jesus, who don't know anything about the faith, and yeah. it's a very easy entry point. Absolutely. I want to I want to yeah. learn how to smoke meat with these other guys that I may know who followed this rabbi character, and I don't really trust their faith, but okay, I mean, they're talking about smoke meat, so let's go. Sure. Um, yeah. So there's this dynamic to where I think that a lot of us don't enter into relationship with other people within the church, Um, maybe because it's of our past of we don't want to get hurt again, which I can totally understand. I think Josh and I can totally understand it from that point of view of if I invest too much in these relationships, I'm going to get burned. They're going to turn on me. I'm going to yeah. get backstabbed. Dude, that, that is such a real thing that anyone who has gone through any amount of like, you know, trouble, troubling times in church, like, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you are opening yourself up to these people with the understanding this, this, I'm leaving myself vulnerable, right? Yeah. If you take the armor off, you could get shot. Right. Yeah. But that's a, that's a real thing that you have to deal with when committing to a local church. And it's not easy. Yeah. So, I mean, there's those dynamics to it. Um, There's a lot of different things that are involved um, 
I think especially within this new season that's coming upon my wife and I of having our firstborn son being basically raised. Um, I was not raised in the church. My wife mm. was, or at least my wife was raised in a Russian fundamentalist Baptist church <laughs> dynamic. Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah. She, she was raised in more of a church than you were. Let's, yeah. let's, let's yeah. say that. So yeah. <laughs> it's all very new to me to a certain to, to a certain dimension. Sure. Um, and I think that you start to see how people care and love for you through seasons of your life based mm-hmm. upon just kind of what you're sharing, what you're going through, how your church is loving you, all this kind of stuff. Um, I'm going to be, from Wednesday to Friday, I'm going to basically be at what's called the Charles Simeon Trust event, which goes over how you basically, how you write sermons exegetically, yeah, but do sure. it in a proper way, right? And so uh, our church basically uh, said, hey, we're going to go rent out an Airbnb for all the guys who are coming to that event, which is like, I think in the maybe about 10-ish, maybe. But hey, here you go. But that's a chance for us to come together to start developing those friendships. I think I'm developing friendships with my pastors a lot. Mm -hmm. um, And that's something new because I feel like I've had that in the past in a small dynamic yeah, but I think Josh and I have both are starting to like exercise those friendship muscles with our pastors mm-hmm. a little bit more, and it's a little bit scary. Sure. I think sure, Absolutely. and because we both have those like I don't know if I trust you, <laughs> because right? Because of right. my past, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know how yeah. much to share here, but yeah, it is it is something this this idea of loving each other and loving each other in a deep familial way and even what what Josh and I were talking about earlier of just saying that to one another and verbalizing that um, is something that us who are particular Baptists or who are, you know, Reformed Presbyterian or Dutch Reformed, that's not really something that we do a whole lot. Mm. It's not something that we verbalize. It's like kind of like inherently known maybe but to say that to one another, it's kind of like, mm, yeah, it's not something. Do I really that comes say naturally. this? Yeah, yeah. Because I think yeah. a lot of it sometimes we just live up in our heads a lot of the times and not cultivating our hearts and and whatnot. So I, yeah, and and I think I think that's I think that's a big part of it. I think one of the and again, like you know, Jack and I were we're both reformed, we're confessional, we're covenantal, right? And and we we understand the importance of theology and studying theology and right theology and all that stuff but but I think I think a blind spot that occurs with a lot of reformed people is that because we put such an emphasis on right theology as we should it mm-hmm. can tend to create almost a robotic type of person when it comes to the emotions because we put so much emphasis on training the brain and shaping the mind and 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 having a correct understanding of scripture that we often forget to that 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 knowledge needs to be it needs to be powering something it needs to have an outflow it needs to have an application right and all of the theology that we have it needs it's it's meant to produce something 
right? And of course, it's supposed to produce right living. It's supposed to produce a, a deeper, you know, you know, love for the gospel and a deeper love for Christ. And all those things are true. But one of the primary things that all of the theology that we learn is supposed to produce is a love and commitment to the body of Christ. That's that's one of the main ways that that theology needs to outflow in your life, right? And we have, I think, a trouble uh, in reformedom with with doing that because we often live so frequently on an intellectual plane that we forget the connection the head is supposed to have with the heart. And we forget that I am called to love my brothers and sisters in my local church, not just intellectually, not just conceptually, yeah, yeah. but realistically, emotionally, yeah. with actual, mm-hmm. true, real love, right? And, it, you know, we joke, you know, like Jack was saying, like, you know, we... <laughs> We don't, we don't, we have trouble with saying the words I love you because one, it's a very vulnerable phrase. Yeah. Two, uh, we can feel as if it is, and and especially with guys, especially, especially with reformed dudes, right? Mm -hmm. It's sappy. Like it has these connotations, you know, it's like, well, I'm not, I'm not gay. You're right. So I'm not going to say that to my brother in Christ. Right. But like, it has all of these things. I'm not even joking. Like that, that goes through guys' heads just because of the way that the term love has been hijacked. Yeah. In our culture today, right? And I make the case as someone who has had to work through this myself, because I used to be that guy, right? Like I would say I love you to like, you know, my wife or, you know, my mom if she said it first, right? Uh, but I like I I'd never said it to anybody other than that it was immediate family, because to me it felt weird. And to me it yeah. felt it felt wrong and and all the excuses that I made, right? I would make the case that it is important, I would say even biblical, to tell our brothers and our sisters in our local church that we love them. And that is a phrase. I'm talking about the actual phrase that I think we need to get to the point to where we are comfortable with saying to one another because it's true. Mm -hmm. If I love my wife, but I never told her I loved her, I think there's a problem there. Yeah. Right. The love that I have for my brothers and sisters in my local church, I'm talking Redeemer up in Cedar Willie, Washington, is real. And it is Mm -hmm. it is it is a love that, you know, you talk about the stereotypical, um, you know, how how do you know it's love? It's like, well, uh, I think there's a lot of ways in that, like, I'm I would rather be with them, with my friends at that church than anyone else. Yeah, I'm closest to them than anyone else. Mm-hmm. I, when I'm not with them, I long to be with them. Yeah, right. I have an affection for them mm-hmm. that when I'm with them, it feels right and it feels yeah. good and it feels like yep. the way that it should be. And when I'm not with them, I feel a longing, like there's there's something not there that I want, mm-hmm. and it's because I love them. I truly love them, right? We look at um, 1 John chapter 4, starting in verse 7, and it's uh, going to the end of the chapter, right? It's, this, it's the classic phrase, God is love, right? It's even, it's, even, it's even the header on the thing. And, of course, we understand all of the ways that that term has been hijacked in our yeah. culture today, and especially by 
more liberal Christians, right? We don't need to get mm-hmm. into it. We know it's there. Yeah. It's not what we're talking about. Yeah. All right. But First John chapter four, starting in verse seven. Listen, listen to what John says about God's relationship with us and the relationship in turn that we are called to have with each other. He says this, even the way he starts it, he calls them uh, beloved. He says, beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Again, in verse 11, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit and we have seen and testify the father who has sent his son into the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God abides in him and he in God so that we come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love and whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. By this is love perfected in us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Do we see such such, an, such a connection that John makes there, obviously, that because of the incredible, immense love that we have been given by the Father through Christ, the greatest act of love that has ever happened, ever existed in the history of, of the universe that Christ laid his life down to save us. Mm-hmm. He says, you have been given that love. You need to take that. And that is the source. That is the well. That is the spring that you draw from in order to love your brothers and sisters. So we need to normalize this man. Like, our relationships with our brothers and sisters it, in our church, it needs to go beyond just simple acquaintances. It needs to yeah. go beyond just, just you know, f- uh, fleeting friendships. It's not that you're going to be cl- the same amount of close mm-hmm. or have the same you know level of relationship with everyone in the church. That's not realistic, and that doesn't happen. Yeah. But you need to have affection, a genuine affection, a genuine longing, and a desire to love your brothers and sisters in Christ because that is what Christ has shown you. Yeah, I think there is also something that needs, I think that love needs to be cultivated in a mm. way in which you're seeking after it and yeah. in, a, in a healthy way because the way in which my wife was raised, a church dynamic was not this way. 
It was not sure. built as a loving environment. It was built as a, you need to do this or else. Right. You need to say this or else. It was a very fear-based community, mm-hmm. um, spiritual fear-based community. And so she does have hesitations of like, you know, do I really, you know, there is that hesitation sometimes of like, you know, having that kind of PTSD from her former kind of church background and really cultivating that love. And for me, the church is all I've known since I was 18 years old. So me being in the church is like, it's like I need it. It's like the air I breathe, you know? And I think that going back to the epistle to the Hebrews again, (laughs) because we did this last episode, we go, we'll do it again. Which which Um, Paul wrote. (laughs) Sorry. <laughs> um, so <laughs> what he, what the author of Hebrews is really communicating to his Jewish audience as well, too, is that your religious background isn't going to produce the love you think it's going to have for you. Mm. Jesus has already accomplished those things that you think will kind of gain you access to God. Mm. But those have already been accomplished through Jesus, the the temple, the sacrifice, all these images that the author of Hebrews keeps bringing back, the community, the people of Israel. Like Jesus has already accomplished those things because he has established a people for his own, the church. He is the temple. (laughs) Mm. He is the sacrifice. Yeah. Um, he is the one who is our king. We don't need David. Yeah. Right. We don't need these other false, fake kings right. anymore to yeah. put on thrones. We have Jesus. And so when, when we start to cultivate and we start to see that in the scripture and it starts to get in our minds of like, oh, like we, the church, the church gathered together is mm. that temple. Like the, and I think people get hung up on this, right? People get hung up on the building dynamic. I mean, that was a huge thing this last couple of years. Like we want to get sure. back into our building. Sure, I think sure. that there was a majority of people that I knew that were just like, I don't care about the building. Just pivot and, and sure. us get to get back together. Right. And so I think that that is the most important dynamic that you're talking about. It is mm-hmm. you being around the people of God that cultivates that love for them that also you hear them. I mean, this is so important when you're part of a smaller congregation that I think Josh and I are a part of. Um, I'm not a part of Josh's church, but I have a smaller congregation in which like Yet. you can audibly you can audibly <laughs> hear people singing the songs. Yeah. You aren't drowned out by guitar. You aren't drowned out by like the hard metal rock that we were used to back in the young restless perform days. We love right? it. We're sage, we we're sage stage now, okay? Yeah, we sing right. hymns. We're acapella we now. <laughs> we try. <laughs> we try. Um, uh, we're going acoustic, okay? Um, That's right. So that is a kind of love. You you can you can look at all these things that happen on the Lord's Day that are cultivating this kind of love. You right. singing together right. corporately is cultivating a love for each other because you get to hear one another basically sing out, hopefully— Hopefully you don't have 
trash worship music <laughs> that we've talked about. But no Bethel, singing, get, get that yeah. Bethel out of here. <laughs> you're singing of these truths. You're reciting of these truths. Hopefully, hopefully yes. you're doing a yes. a call and response to where sure. you are hearing each other right. corporately say these things. It's that a very is communal. A kind of, it's a very communal thing. Yeah. Those are the types of things that is going to start cultivating that love for your people because yeah. you're all in it together. You're yep. all in this together. This this yep. is no this is no I and team. Okay? Right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. It's that it's it's I 100% agree. How you structure your Lord's Day service has a immense impact on kind of the understanding that the congregation has toward you know how they are to interact with each other, right? It's massive, right? Uh, and 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 then and then like you know like Jack's church is doing, set up times for people to get together mm-hmm. and become friends, right? I know that people like there's a big aversion, in especially <laughs> in reformedum, to just getting together for fun. It's like oh well, it has to be a Bible study or we have to be going through oh, stuff. Yeah. Look, Bible studies are important, right? Right? You know, you know, prayer groups important. Those are all great. Not. Every meeting, and this is going to sound super unreformed, and I'm going to get so much hate for this because I have, I have, not every get-together in the church needs to be a Bible study. You don't need to be going through a book of the Bible or a book every time you get a group of people together. Mm-hmm. This is Sometimes true. it is absolutely valuable to be getting a group of guys together or a group of gals together or have an event where both are together mm-hmm. for the purpose of friendship because yep. you enjoy being around each other, mm-hmm. right? You don't need to to, to you know, create an agenda with every meeting, right? The way that I approach men's ministry has drastically changed yeah. from when I was started in ministry to when I am now. Yeah. When I started in ministry, it was very much like every single time we get to, like, I got to find a, I got to find a systematic theology we're all going to go through. <laughs> I got to find some Sunday school yeah. material. We got to go through the thickest book that I can find, right? And that's what I thought men's ministry was, you know? And it just, the amount of, the amount of vulnerability that I was able to get from guys was next to nothing because you've yeah. created an environment there where the walls are already going to go up, yeah. right? Now, again, I am not saying that. Bible studies or going through books is not beneficial. It's very beneficial. And there is absolutely a place for that in the local church. There needs to be a place for it. But what I have found is the most effective men's ministry that I have found where guys are actually, actually realistically and, and, and with a real intentionality investing in each other's lives was not when I tried to create an environment for that to happen. Yeah. It happened naturally when I wasn't trying. When yeah. I got guys together, I cooked them a whole bunch of burgers and we sat mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's when the discipleship happened. Yeah. That's when it happened. Yeah. And it blew my mind because mm-hmm. all of this effort and all of this striving that I was trying to do to create this perfect environment where it's going to be awesome. We're going to learn about all this theology and then, and then you know, we're just going to have this awesome time of confession and investing in each other's lives. It, it didn't work because I was trying to conjure it. I was trying to force it. Do not underestimate the power of godly 
gospel-centered friendship. Yeah. It is so powerful. Some of yeah. the sweetest, most most uh, encouraging times I have had with my brothers and sisters in my local church is when we got together simply for the sake of getting together. Mm-hmm. It is, it's so important, Jack. It's so yeah. important, and, yeah. and, and it can't be underestimated. Yeah. I mean, what you just basically said, too, is kind of, in some ways, how we structure our men's monthly breakfasts, where mm. we just get together. We usually are talking and interacting with one another for the most of that time. Um, and then there's like a simple teaching engagement with that teaching engagement with each other based mm-hmm. upon that little teaching. So, um, it isn't extensive, um, uh, but it's there to challenge you and it's there to challenge and trying to kind of create this environment to where mm-hmm. you both see that you in some respects are struggling in that same regard to what we're looking at with what the text is saying to us. Um, and yep. you're both going towards that direction with each other versus I think a lot of men's ministry stuff is very much focused on I'm the teacher or I got to be the teacher and you got to be the students. Yeah. It's not focused on this uh, relational friendship dynamic. Right. Which I think that breeds what we see a lot in reformed culture mm, where everybody sure. wants to be a teacher. Yes. Nobody wants to listen. Everybody wants to be an influencer. Everybody, everybody wants to, everyone wants to be the guy. <laughs> yeah. Everybody wants to get a book deal. Everybody wants to go on tour. Oh, everybody so wants to go on the conference circuit. Sickening, dude. And it's just like, okay, do you care, do you care more about getting a book deal and going on a concert or circuit or a conference circuit than you do about this godly love and friendship that you're cultivating in your local church. Yeah. Like you have to ask yourself that. Yeah. Well, well, and look like this, this type of mentality that Jack and I are talking about, it takes time, right? You can't just, you can't just come right out of the get go and start, you know, telling everyone you love them. And you know, and and like, everyone's going to be like, who is this guy? Like, yeah, it's like weird, like, like, like weird, like weird hugger dude. Right. Who's always like, Hey, where's my, where's my hug? And you're like, yeah, back in the (laughs) seventies. Right. You don't want to be that guy. Right. 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 This type of men, this type of thing that Jack and I are talking about, this relational quality that we're talking about, it takes time. It takes time and and consistency and intentionality to create and foster in your church, but it is worth it. It is so worth it because the fellowship and the connection that you will have with your brothers and sisters because of it is going to is going to be so much deeper, so much sweeter, and so much uh, so much more of a picture of the gospel, of the love that we have from Christ. So. You know, I know I have people in my local church who listen to this podcast and they're going to be like, well, Josh, Josh, just, I mean, I've never heard him say he loves me. Well, one, I do. And two, (laughs) it's because you have to, you have to create the environment, man. Like you have to work for it. You have to, you have to prove by actions that your love is real so that the words that you say don't come across hollow. Yeah. Right. So you can't just, you can't just say the words. 
and expect that to change everything. Your actions, your demeanor, everything about you needs to prove that it's real. So now I'm going to start saying I love you to everyone, and they're going to be like, okay, all right, this is weird. But you know what? I'm sorry. I love you. <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, Jack, it's just, it's, it's, it's so important. It's so beneficial. And when we have that mentality in the local church, the fellowship is so sweet. Mm-hmm. And we just, we need, we need to be comfortable with saying the words I love you. Mm-hmm. We need to be comfortable with that. DC Talk told us that. That's what DC Talk said. Say the words. Say the words I love you. All right? Take take some, you know what? You never heard this before. Take some uh takes a life lesson from DC Talk and say the words I love you cuz it's worth it. All right? It's worth it. We got to we got to normalize that in the local church, man. We really do. I'm I am a firm believer of that. Like we we do There's, because it's real. Yeah, there's no doubt that we need more verbalizing that love, but I'm glad that God kind of spared me from the whole like teenage Christian culture. Oh my gosh, time. are you it, oh, are you man. are you crapping on DC Talk right now? Hold on, hold on, is I'm, this happening? I don't know if I'm crapping on. You, them. I'm just saying. You better. That. I didn't think you were. That was that's that might be a worse take than you know <laughs> Apollos wrote Hebrews right there. You crapping on DC Talk? DC Talk was one of the last bastions of quality Christian music that existed and when they split up Christian music died <laughs> I stand on that ground stand on it Josh is going yeah. full Martin Luther on us full here oh. I stand I can do no other <laughs> God help me Jack my friend please get us out of here I think Big Eva has sung so Big Eva has um, sung DC Talk yes. has sung oh my gosh yes. here we go anyway yes Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you appreciate Josh and I's love for you and the love that we have for our local church and the message of loving your local church and making that central to your faith, you too can follow us on the sociables, if you will, the Facebook, the metaverse, Mm. if you will, Uh, the Instagram goes well with chocolate and marshmallow, and then the constant garbage fire that is the tweaker the twitter the not a lot of love site. on there jack no not a lot of love on there you're not gonna find love on there you're gonna find all the love in all the wrong no. places on those sites <laughs> uh, yeah, nice but uh Looking but if you want Dude, all to all i can think of is the eddie murphy the, when he, the snl the eddie murphy when he plays butt wheat from yeah. the little rascals Unts. Ties. Feet no times a made in, in all the wrong places. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, you can follow can follow us all at the tag um, at Reformatory Pod. And Josh, yeah. you can tell the lovely people how they might support us in other ways. Your camera is my camera glitchy. literally just turned off. Dude. Yeah, I don't know what happened here. <laughs> uh, we're just gonna we're just gonna rock with it. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, so basically, what what we can do is you can head on over to reformatory.com. Uh, we have a website, reformatorypod.com. You can do that if you enjoy this podcast. We ask that you give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. We would greatly appreciate that. That would be fantastic. Um, give us some love on the on the podcast. Mm, that would yes. be awesome. We'd really like that. Last but not least, you can head on there over to go. Patreon. There. I think I fixed it. I think there I'm back. Go. There we go. You can head on over to Patreon. Get that exclusive content. All right? That's where the people that truly love the Reformatory 
That's where they go. Get that exclusive, exclusive sweet content. We thank you guys. We love you guys. Jack, my friend, I love you. Love you too, buddy. That's right. And you can catch us on the next step of the Reformatory. I long to hear that.